listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Today's episode is on a topic that I consider to be a lost art, sales. Being a great salesman or saleswoman is a rare skill to find in today's world. I found that people mostly prefer to hide behind their marketing or even their funnels that they create, but the ability to sell is a skill that leads to success. I found the ideal guest to talk to us about becoming a successful salesperson. His name is Bob Berg. Bob is the author of the global bestseller, The Go-Giver. In today's conversation, Bob walks us through the five laws of stratospheric success, which, if applied, will skyrocket your sales ability and future success. I know I've set high expectations for this episode, so let's not wait any longer. Here is my conversation with Bob Berg. Bob, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. So excited to have you with us today. Alex, thank you. Great to be with you. So I know you've probably sold close to a million copies of your book, The Go-Giver, but I have to say, I believe it's probably more like 3X that that have read the book. Uh, would you agree with that? And do you have any idea why I'd say that? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's a book that sort of gets passed along uh, a lot. And um, so, yeah, we, we sort of feel the same way. It's, it's, it's right up about, we say 950,000, but I think it's closer now to 975,000. But, uh, yeah, we hear from so many people who say somebody pass it along to them or what have you that we think it's about three or 4 million. (laughs) That's what I would guess too, because it's kind of, when you read the book, it almost encourages you to give it away when you're done. And we'll probably get into that a little bit today, but, uh, actually the first copy that I ever got of this book was actually from my dad. It was given to me, um, and I've actually, at this point, I've already passed that book off, and um, I've purchased another one for myself after I gave that one away, but it was given to me when I was in a really rough spot. I was investing in real estate fairly heavily for my age, especially, but then the economy crashed, and uh, it was a tough time for me mentally, emotionally. It was just, you know, I had all these plans, like we all did at that point, and uh, it just didn't go my way. My dad gave me this book. And it really spoke to me and helped me get a better mindset about where I was, where I was going. So thank you so much for uh, for this masterpiece you've created. It's just been a big impact in my life. Well, thank you. I mean, that that means the world to me to, to know that. First, that you found such value in it, and also that your dad uh, gave you the book, because it's always, you know, to John David Mann, my co-author, uh, and me both, I, I think the greatest compliment we can ever receive is when a parent uh, gives the book to their child. Yeah, it's really cool. My my friends that I've given the book to aren't my my kids, but sometimes they act like it. So uh, <laughs> I've passed it along as well. But uh, yeah, this has been a very great book for me. And one of the main reasons I actually wanted to talk to you today was first off to basically get some free coaching for from you, and uh, but also um, for my audience to be able to hear you, just because I, I want to make sure that they're getting the same things that I've gotten over the years. It's really important to me that creating a brand audience gets to hear from people that are just really high level. And people that have really, again, impacted my life and helped me along the way in the journey, because I believe it'll do the same for them. So I'm excited to jump into your book, The Go-Giver, today. You talk about the five laws of stratospheric success, value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Uh-huh. And uh, I'd love to kind of jump into a quick little overview of those, and we can dive into each of them. Can you kind of explain why these five laws were the ones that you picked for the book? What was the reason for that? Sure. And it really begins with a very basic premise, Alex, which which I know you know, and I know this is how you run your life and conduct your business. And that is that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And 
When we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a, a more pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. And not for some you know, way out, woo-woo, magical, mystical type of reasons. It actually makes very logical, rational sense. Because when you're that person, that rare person, right, who is totally, absolutely laser focused on making another person's life better, what we would call bringing immense value to them or giving value to them, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in a relationship with you. They want to do business with you. They want to refer you to others. And uh, they really want to bring value to you. And so, of course, both both parties come out better off uh, afterwards than they were before. And so so that's really the premise of, of the entire um, book. So the laws come off of that. And the first law, the law of value, is really the foundational principle. It's, it's really where it all begins. And this law, which says your true worth, in, in the business sense, of course, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value then you take in payment. Now, you hear that at first, it sounds counterintuitive, right? Give more in value. Right. Take yeah. Yeah. And that sounds like a recipe for bankruptcy, right? <laughs> um, so we simply have to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, price is a dollar figure, it's a dollar amount, it's finite, it, it, it is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth, right, or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another person that they will willingly and happily exchange their money for it and be glad they did while you make a very healthy profit. A very quick example would be the person, the accountant who who um, you hire to do your taxes and and she charges you a thousand dollars. That's her, her fee, literally her price. But what value does she give you in exchange? Well, uh, she saves you five thousand dollars in taxes. She saves you countless hours of time. Uh, she provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So, um, you know, what we see is she gave you well over $5,000 in value in exchange for a $1,000 uh, price, right? So you feel great about it. And she also made a very, very healthy profit, which she should have. Um, but the, But this happened because her focus, and again, this is the key, her focus was not on the fee she was getting. It was on the value she was giving you. This is why John and I say that money is simply an echo of value, right? Money is an echo of value. It's the uh, thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means the, the, the focus must be on the value you're providing or giving another human being. The, the money you receive is simply a very natural result of the value you've provided. This is opposite thinking of most people. How have you seen that people have actually been able to, to shift their mindset from thinking price to value? Have you seen that happen for people? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it's, uh, again, it's, it's counterintuitive, like you said, right, when you first hear it. But once it's explained, once someone gets it, it, it opens up new worlds to them. 
because they, you know, they realize it's it, it's a matter. It makes it a matter so that the more you're willing to give, the more you are going to receive. And giving value, giving additional value, doesn't have to cost money, right? You, you know, you think about this account. And what is it about her that separated her from any other account? Because let's face it, there are lots of accountants out there. They can all provide that same intrinsic value, saving you money, saving you time, providing, well, of course, that's what they do. So what separates her? Because, you know, hey, if you cannot distinguish yourself from your competitor, then it's, oh, in the mind of your prospect, then it's always, of course, going to come down to who has the lowest price. Mm -hmm. Unless your last name is uh, Walmart or, or Amazon.com, which would be kind of a strange last name. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that then, you know, trying to make low price your uh, unique selling proposition, right, is not a good way to do business. It's not productive, it's not profitable, and it's certainly not sustainable. So, so we've got to be that additional value. Uh, so, so what was it about this accountant? Well, she tapped into what we call the five elements of value. So even within this one law, the law of value, there are five elements that distinguish a person from their competition. And those five elements are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And, uh, you know, to the degree that you're able to communicate all five of those at really at every touch point too, from the time you first meet this person, whether it's an inbound connection or an outbound, or you meet that person in person at an event, uh, to the, uh, creating and cultivating the relationship, the follow up, the follow through the sales presentation, the, the, uh, the referral gathering and, and on to the degree that you can do that. That's the degree that you, again, separate yourself from your competition and take price and your competition totally out of the picture. I love this point because again, it is, it's counterculture for sure. And it's been something that's really helped me a lot. Years ago, I started writing this, this saying on my whiteboard and still this day it sits there. Alex Sanfilippo seeks to be a person of value, not a person of profit. And when I remind myself of that, these these five different principles within this one come more automatic. And just I'm reminded, what am I doing to really add value to someone's life, to somebody's business? When I remember these things, I find I do a lot better. And also, I'm a lot happier about how well I do. Yeah. Uh, it feels like you did something. So I, I love this first point. This this law of value is such an important principle that well, the world then, needs. Well, then here's the thing. The neat thing, Alex, is that to the degree that you focus on being of value as opposed to focusing on the profit, the more profit you're going to earn. Mm -hmm. And let's ask the question, why is that? I mean, is that just some nicey, nice kind of saying that really doesn't hold in the real world? No, absolutely not. Think about this. And I, I say this when I speak at, at sales conventions, okay? And that I, I'll often begin by saying the following. Nobody is going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Mm -hmm. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. And they're not even going to buy from you because you're a nice person who'd like them to buy from you. No, they're going to buy from you only because they believe they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So if you're there focusing on the profit you're going to earn, uh, the, you're, you're facing in the wrong direction because that's not why they're doing business with you. If you're focused on providing them immense value, now how do you do that? Well, what is selling? Selling is simply, simply discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires, 
and helping them to get it. In order to do this, you've got to ask good questions. You've got to be able to listen. You've got to be able to provide insight to so that this person discovers ways they never even knew where you can help them either solve a problem or get more of what they want, what have you. Okay. So when your focus is on bringing immense value to them, they're much more likely to do business with you. And then you have the profit. I think that many of the listeners today, they're having a light bulb go off uh, from this first principle, which is really the foundation for the other four in the book. But the law of value, so important for everyone to get. Moving right along here, this kind of flows right into the law of compensation. This is the second law in the book. Can you talk to us about this? Yeah, well, the, the law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives we touch with this exceptional value, the more money with which we'll be rewarded. Uh, in the story, Nicole Martin, the CEO, shared with Joe, the, uh, the protege in the story, that while law number one, the law of value, represents your potential income, uh, it's not enough to just serve one person, no matter how great your value is, right? Right, yeah. Number two, your income is all about how many lives you impact, right? How many people's lives you reach. And, and so that's what takes it to that next level. It's also why creating a, a referral-based business is so important and why uh, building and creating these, these wonderful relationships is so important. Uh, because with referred prospects, it's easier to set the appointment. Uh, price is less of an issue. People are much more referred prospects are much more likely to buy. And of course, they're already of the mindset that that's how you, how you do business since that's how they met you. So they're much more likely to refer you to others, uh, assuming that you approach it correctly. I like this law because you talk about it, how it does build off of the law of value. What I like about that is it doesn't mean go out there and just rapid fire as many emails and messages on social media out to as many people as you can to touch more people, if you will, all right, to serve more people, because you have to add value first. And that doesn't add value, you have to actually individually make something happen for people. And that's how you can get referrals, not by again, just blasting it out to everybody. Exactly. Well, you, you said that wonderfully. And, and you made a great point that that's exactly why we, we started with value. You know, that has to be the foundation. Without that, nothing, nothing else matters. <laughs> right? I, but, yeah, so, so it, it begins there. We'll get right back to today's episode, but first I wanna share the number one organic marketing strategy for growing your brand. It's called podcast guesting. Whether you're an established business owner or an entrepreneur that's just getting started, being a guest on podcast is the smartest marketing move that you can make. To help you become a successful guest, I've put together a 12-step guide for podcast guesting, which will explain everything from the gear you need to quickly finding the ideal podcast to be a guest on. If you'll visit creatingabrand.com slash guest, you'll be able to get started immediately. No email or registration required. I trust that this 12-step guide will serve you well in your podcast guesting journey. And now let's get back to today's episode. So number three is the law of influence. Something that you say in the book is that your influence is determined by how you place other people's interests first, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now, again, this sounds counterintuitive until you, you stop to think about it. And, and the greatest leaders that, that you know, uh, not just you, but, you know, anyone listening, all of us, right. <laughs> we all know greatest leaders, influencers, the the highest money earning salespeople 
this is how they run their lives, how they conduct their businesses. They're always looking out for the best interests of that other person. Now, uh, you know, Alex, I, I want to qualify this because I, I think it can be easily misunderstood. And, and so it's, it, it's important when we say place the other person's interest first, we certainly don't mean you should be anyone's doormat uh, or a martyr or be self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It's simply as, as Joe, the protege in the story, learned from several of the mentors, the golden rule of business, of, of sales, um, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's simply no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit these feelings toward you from others than by genuinely moving from an I focus or me focus to what we call an other focus. Uh, make as, as Sam, one of the mentors advised Joe, making your win all about the other person's win. Something that you said in the book that I really liked is you talked about not keeping score or keeping track. And it's, it's value, value only really happens. This influence only happens when you're 100% focused, not just 50%. Okay, I'm gonna do a little bit and they're gonna have to come the other 50%. It's, it's, it's not about that. Exactly. That's why we say 50-50 is a losing proposition. It's mm -hmm. 100 and, and, and again, that doesn't mean you're, you're doing this with someone who's going to take advantage of you, right? You know, in someone who's right. a go-taker. No, you, you want to attract other go-givers. But you're willing to, until someone shows you, you know, uh, otherwise about themselves, you're willing to see that person as someone worthy of doing business with, worthy of getting to know better. But certainly being a go-giver should never be misconstrued as being, uh, you know, again, a doormat, someone to be taken advantage of or, or what have you. We always operate intelligently. Absolutely. So that's the law of influence. And that kind of flows right into the law of authenticity, yeah. which is a, a kind of a, a broad definition for many people these days. It can mean a few things. I'd love for you to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the law in the book, the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer uh, is yourself. And and what we really mean by that is, and, and uh, one of the mentors in the story, Deborah Davenport, shared a, a lesson she learned in her sales career, which was that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, the technical skills, the people skills, as important as they are, and, and indeed they are all very, very important, they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, well, people feel good about you. People feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. They know you. They like you. They love you. They trust you. They, they want to be in relationship with you, and they're much more likely to, to be your personal walking ambassador and refer you to others. And so it, it's so key to make sure we are acting authentically or congruently with our values. Um, and I think what we've got to do in order to be able to really come across authentically is to understand the value we provide. And this is where a lot of people, um, I think, end up kind of selling themselves short and lowering their prices, right? And, and, and because they don't recognize the true value that they bring to the table. And I like to say there are two types of, of 
authentic value that we all have. One is just intrinsic value. That is by the very nature of being a human, you know, being here, you bring value to the table and that's fine. Uh, and we need to, to acknowledge that. But there's also what I call market value. This is key. I define market value as that combination of, of strengths, traits, talents, and characteristics that allow you to add value to others, to the marketplace, to individuals, and to do this in such a way that you will be financially rewarded for it. Now, we all have our, uh, as uh, uh, Mike Lippman called it, our assets of value, okay? But it's sometimes difficult to really embrace them. Why? Because we're human beings, right? And we're so emotional. Yeah close to ourselves it can be difficult to to and then you you add on top of that the fact that we all see the world from our own um you know our own belief systems our own paradigms our own models of how the world the world works and we tend to think that the way we see the world is the way others see the world which isn't true so what happens is we might and i'll just give you an example of, of a time i was i was working with someone who told me something that they were that they were doing and I, I said, that's, that's great. I said, that's awesome. And, and they said, oh, no, no. Well, everybody can do that. And they weren't being falsely modest, okay? They really didn't understand that this skill that they had worked so hard to develop because it really became part of them. It was something they just did. They didn't realize how much immense market value was in that and that they had something to offer that most others didn't. And they had to be able to come to grips with that and to be able to embrace it. So, you know, and it can be difficult, again, because as human beings, we're too close to ourselves. That's why people, you know, coaches such as you are so valuable, because, you know, it's, it's when you have someone, when you can throw some an idea past someone and you can say, you know, can you help me see where my where my strengths are? Uh, and it's someone who. You know, you care about about the people that you're coaching, the people you're working with, but you're not so emotionally involved that you can't see it either, right? right. And and so that's why it's so important to be able to to uh, work with someone who can really help you see your unique market value, uh, because in order to to lead with it, in order to charge the the fees that we should be able to charge and be able to receive because we know our value. And it's only when we know our value that we can effectively communicate our value. Uh, you know, it's just so very important. This point is so relevant. I actually want to take it from a slightly different approach. There's a quote I want to pull out from the book. It's on page 51. You say, sometimes you feel foolish and you even look foolish, but then you do the thing anyway. Right. And I thought that was good because I think that many of us, we live in a world where in many cases, it's best foot forward, right? When someone's going to see you on the internet, especially, it's supposed to be you've got it all together. That's the authentic self you want people to see. I'm doing that in air quotes there because it's not really authentic. Yeah. And I've, I found it be true in my life. That's that's for sure. When I started actually being transparent after I actually got a hold of this book, because when I was doing the real estate thing, I got a nice sports car. I was really young. I wanted to be in that top 30 under 30 list. I think it was Forbes who was doing that point. That was my goal. So I wanted to have that persona about me. But then I realized that, hey, it was okay for me to mention that I was struggling sometimes and to actually talk about it and just show my authentic self because it made me human. And people since that day have related to me far more than just looking like I'm some kind of machine, right? Absolutely. You're at, by, by being authentic and by, by being, as you said, relatable, 
it's it, it will actually cause more people to say, oh, yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, if he can do it, you know, despite his flaws and his mistakes and and, the you know, the things he did that, you know, I can't even believe he is telling me he did. Right. Uh, if he can do it, I can do it, too. That's what you want people to know. Right. That he looks good and smells good and has a, you know, whatever this and that. Those are great. You know, there's nothing wrong with those. Those are all wonderful uh, things to, to have if you want. Um, but but as far as relatability goes, uh, no, you had to see. I, you know, I think one thing that takes that 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 causes more people to stop building a business is is not the rejections they get or the stumbles that they they make or the the no's they receive. It's thinking that they're the only ones having to go through it on their way to success mm -hmm. because they see the people, you know, walking across the stages of the world, right, or, or driving that great car or this or that or whatever. And they say, oh, they were just, you know, they've just got a, a, something about them. They were just able to go. And that's not true. We know that. Right. Uh, right. You know, success is 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 much is about making many more mistakes or many more no's than yeses and many, many more mistakes than victories and so forth. But it, it works out that when you keep going, getting uh, going through it, well, you, you get the victories and the victories are end up being big. Um, but that's hard for someone to see who's not there yet. So, you know, while, while certainly the people who just uh, act like they're slick and, you know, never made a mistake and that, yeah, they can attract, they'll, they'll attract a certain type of person to buy from them, but very seldom will that person be able to actually uh, follow through. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but, but when they, they purchase from the person who says, yeah, I made a ton of mistakes. Are you kidding? I was so discouraged. I wanted to quit every day for the first year. I'm glad I didn't, but I wanted to, right? right. <laughs> oh, okay. So now you've inoculated them. You know, now they get 10 no's or 15 no's or 20 no's. And they said, oh, that's right. Alex told me that was going to happen. That's what happened to him. Yeah, exactly. This point, authenticity is so important. Thank you for expanding that, Bob. I really appreciate it. Uh, moving on to the last one here, the law of receptivity. Can yeah. you talk about this last one a little bit here? Well, you know, uh, Alex, uh, you and I were discussing how how the law of values, the foundational principle. I think the law of receptivity at the other end, the final law, is the one that brings it all together, that brings it all home. Hmm. Uh, the, in the book, John and I say that that the law the law of receptivity says is that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This really means nothing more than that we breathe out, but we also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other. We breathe out carbon dioxide. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving, despite the messages we get from the world around us, and 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 you know we all know the messages from the world around us. Uh, often it's from upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, media, everything out there tells us that oh, people who make money are bad people, or they did so dishonestly, or on the backs of others, blah blah blah. Right? Ah, right. The world is people who do bad things and make money, but 
typically in a free market-based economy, which most of us operate out of, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one is forced to do business with you, right? They, again, they do it for their reasons because they believe they will benefit. Um, in a free market-based economy where no one has to buy from us, the only way, the only way we can make a lot of money is to serve a lot of people <laughs> and serve them wonderfully well with exceptional value and place their interests first and, and be authentic about it and be willing then to receive. Um, so again, despite those messages of lack, uh, giving and receiving are, are not opposite concepts. They're simply two sides of the very same coin and they work in tandem. Uh, so it's not a matter of are you a giver or a receiver? No, that's the false dilemma, the unnecessary use of the word or. No, you're a giver and a receiver, both. But you know, because we know these, this is just universal law, that the giving comes first. We focus on the giving of value to others. And as we focus on the giving and we, we give in a way that the other person feels it to be of value, because remember, value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's about them, not about us. So when we give, we have created that, what I call benevolent context for success. Uh, and the money comes to you as a result of that value. However, we have to be willing to receive that. Because if we don't, not only do we not grow, but we deny someone else the right to give value as well. This is such a powerful point. And I'm really glad that you covered it because so many people really struggle with this. I think the way that you just kind of framed it really could be a paradigm shift for many people just from hearing that. So I appreciate you sharing that one. There's something on page 78 that you say that I want to kind of end with here. Uh, you say a generally sound business principle will apply anywhere in life. And I think that when I heard that, it really opened my eyes to what this book was. It's not just a way to do business. It's also a way to live your life and to just be a good value adding human. So I really appreciate this book and everything within it. Uh, Bob, before we end today, do you have any final thought to share with us? Well, you know, I'll, I'll never forget what I, something I was taught once by a, a person I call a drive by mentor. Uh, this is a, a, a phrase. I think it was, well, it was, it was coined in a conversation I had with one of my current mentors, Dandi Skumachi. She's a, a wonderful speaker, author, teacher on leadership. And, um, and, and we were in this conversation, we were talking about people who just happened to come along with a great piece of advice at just the right time when you're totally open to receiving it. And you may not even know this person, right? Uh, it may be someone you've met one time, or this is the first time you met them, or it just happened to be whatever. And, and, and I think she called it a drive-by mentor, and I just agreed because that's how it is. <laughs> I like it. But, uh, but so this was a drive-by mentor. I, was, I had been in sales for a couple of years, had been doing pretty well, but I was in a slump. And I was kind of like Joe in the story, right? I was that up-and-coming, aggressive, ambitious, uh, great potential, fairly successful, but there was something holding me back. And, of course, that something was me. And I didn't realize it and, and so forth. But I, so I remember coming back after a, uh, a non-selling <laughs> appointment, right? The sale. <laughs> and I must have been looking kind of disgusted at myself. And, and there was, an, a, you know, an older guy at the company. I think he retired soon after. He, he was not in the sales department. And again, I, I didn't know him very well. Uh, nice guy, but, you know, just 
he was one of these people. He didn't say much, but but whenever he did say something, it was always profound. So when he he said to me at that at that moment, he said, "Berg, can I?" He was a last name kind of guy. He said, "Berg, can I give you some advice?" I said, "Absolutely, please do. I I need it." And he, and he said, "If you want to make a lot of money in sales," he said, "don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving." others. Now, when you hit the target, he said, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It ain't the target itself. Your target is serving others. And that was the difference maker for me. That's when I got it. That great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. Uh, great salesmanship is never even about the product or service as important as the product or service is. No, great salesmanship is about the other person. It's about that person whose life you're choosing to touch. It's about that person whose life will be better just by having had you as part of it. And when we begin, and that goes back to that focus, right? The focus on providing immense value to others. And when we, when we see entrepreneurship and selling that way, now we're really nine steps ahead of the game in a 10-step game. I love it. That's such a powerful way to end this episode. Bob, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I really appreciate you being a guest. Oh, my pleasure, Alex. Again, thank you. I just love what you're doing. Keep up the great work. Thank you. As I mentioned during this episode, this book was so helpful in helping me become a go-giver, and I trust that after listening to this episode, it'll do the same for you. Bob actually has an additional resource that he wanted to offer exclusively to the Creating a Brand listeners today. It's a four-part video series that teaches you how to sell the go-giver way. I highly recommend it, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Now, this leads me to the question I have for you about this episode. Which of the five laws that Bob shared in this episode spoke to you the most and why? If you'll visit creatingabrand.com slash 068, you can share your answer in a comment at the end of the page. Bob, thank you again for being a guest and teaching us how to become more successful salespeople and ultimately people of value. To learn more about Bob Berg and to pick up a copy of his book, The Go-Giver, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 068. Thank you as always for listening, and I'm looking forward to bringing you another masterclass episode next week.